Want to get weird? You can follow The Witching Hours on Facebook and Twitter. Join us on YouTube at youtube.com backslash at The Witching Hours Podcast. Join us on Discord for all of the weirdness. There you will find links to the news, stories, and conversation. And finally, you can purchase The Witching Hours merch at streamlabs.com backslash The Witching Hours Podcast backslash merch. From the land of conjurers, flying through the internet, your device like a UAP, hauntingly unexplained and downright weird, this is The Witching Hours, and we are ready to take off in the flash of an eye. Good evening to one and all, wherever and whenever you are listening to this program. I am Gina the Frost, and joining me as always is Medium Jenny Lee. How are you doing, Jenny? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Good, good. Well, we have an exciting show uh, this evening. We are going to talk uh, with Steve Holder about a missing person story. Um, and it's it's going to be interesting. I, I know a very small amount about it, but he is going to enlighten us on that uh, this evening. And we're going to talk about some other topics as well. Uh, because we're talking about um, an author who has written quite uh, quite a few books. Welcome in, Britt. How are you doing? Welcome in, Hoaxsters. Welcome in, everyone who's coming in uh, to hang out with us this evening. Uh, and as we go along, uh, if you have questions, uh, make sure you can highlight them using the channel points in chat, and we will get to your questions uh, as we can. Uh, as the show progresses, we are working on a call in line. Um, I don't know if we're going to have that up and going tonight, but that is coming very soon where you can cut call in and ask questions uh, to guests uh, that we have. So we have all that working. Do you have anything uh, you want to say before we get started with the news, Jenny? I don't believe so. All right. Uh, so let's get started with the news. <laughs> So, what kind of weird stuff's going on this week? Yeah, there was quite quite a few things um, that were going on, and I just kind of picked the uh, uh, the ones that interest me interested me the most. Um, so, story number one: AI robots could play future role as companions in care homes. Oh, so you know AI and machine learning. You know, there's a lot of um, ambiguity kind of between AI and machine learning. They're two different things, but the term AI has kind of become something that they've used, even if something really isn't AI. Mm -hmm. um, so um, it's been a hot topic because we're getting to a point where it looks like there are going to be at least some jobs to some extent that are replaced by AI. There probably already has been. Mm -hmm. A matter of fact, I don't know if I talked to you about this, uh, Jenny, but we know that there's a writer strike taking place right now. Yes. And, or are they using the AI bots to make, well, <laughs> to that's, make TV written stuff? 
that's one of the things that they're asking for um, is that Yikes. that the uh, studios not be allowed to use AI. Oh yeah, for, yeah, that would be that would be a good idea. Yeah. Um, and uh, and actually, the actors have joined them on that strike. So now the SAG, yeah. the Actors Guild, has joined, and so actors aren't working right now either. Um, so yeah. you know. Uh, so we can expect no good TV to come out. For no the next good TV year. for the next year. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anybody remembers that one that happened back in what was it, like 2006 or seven or something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, it ruined a lot of uh, good TV. It did. But um, when we were watching, yes. So we can just hope for the best here. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, AR robots could play a future role as companions in care homes. Nadine, a social robot powered by artificial intelligence with human-like gestures and expressions, could have an important feature role to play in tending to the sick and elderly, according to a professor who helped invent it. Nadia Magninate Tallman, a robot expert from the University of Geneva, who served as the model for Nadine's dark brown eyes and auburn hair, said Nadine and robots like it could prove more effective than human cares. She I don't know if they're more effective. <laughs> well, it well I don't know. Well, it depends. I guess it depends. There's some horror yeah. stories, yeah. There are a lot of horror stories from care homes, that's for sure. So she, Nadine, has time 24 hours a day. The others have no time, Tomlin said. She was speaking on the sidelines of a conference organized by the International Telecommunications Union in Geneva to make the case for AI and robots helping to reach global goals such as health. Global competition for nurses and carers is heating up, especially after COVID-19, and some countries are experiencing a staffing crisis in care homes, which some think humanoid robots could one day ease. Um, demonstrating its convention, uh, conversational skills, Nadine told Reuters it talked, sang, and played bingo with residents at a Singapore nursing home three bingo. years ago. Mm. Yeah, so it can even call out the numbers. It was a great experience, and I enjoyed interacting with the elderly and helping them with their needs, the robot said. I believe that robots can be a great asset in providing care and assistance to vulnerable people, it added. Other robots on display include Paro, a baby seal robot pet who can help dementia and Parkinson's patients, and nursing assistant. Baby seal? Grace, yeah. What? Not like a dog. Mm -hmm. <laughs> made a baby seal? Good lord. What? Last last <laughs> week, Nadine was upgraded with AI model GPT-3, and this has improved her interaction and conversation skills, Tallman said, meaning it can express more complex concepts. Referring to Tallman, Nadine said, I'm very grateful for her, to her for giving me life, and I'm proud to be her creation. Wow. Interesting. So I can see pros and cons of that. Yeah, I mean... AI is coming. I don't know if we're seeing real AI yet. I think we're seeing a, yeah. a proto of it, a prototype of it. Uh, and it's going it's going to replace some things. It's just a matter of what we let it replace. Hoaxers just mentioning the AI dating. AI dating is a big thing yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's real. I mean, you can go and you know, you have a AI on the phone that asks you how your day was and yeah. wants to listen to Mr. Weird what's going is going on. Replace all of us. Going to replace all of us. Skynet <laughs> is on its way. 
Yeah. Uh, no story number that. two. Okay. Non-human intelligence. Schumer proposes stunning new UFO legislation. So we talked about Senator Marco Rubio uh, last week. Uh, well, in the last episode, uh, Jenny, mm-hmm. and you weren't here. We had. Uh, I did listen to it afterwards. Yes, and we had mm-hmm. um, we had Priestess of Wonderland Allison on as the co-host, uh, and it was awesome having her here. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping, uh, well, not that I don't want you to be here, but oh, if you thanks. have to step away, I'm hoping we can have her back on as a yeah. uh, co-host again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yes, Senate, she did a lovely job. Yeah, so we talked about that, and we talked about things that are going on in the Senate with uh, the UAP UFO semi fake disclosure or whatever the heck is going on there. Uh, But Senate majority leader Chuck Schumer, uh, along with a bipartisan group of five other senators, so making up Republicans and Democrats, introduced extraordinary legislation on July 13th, suggesting that the U.S. government or private contractors may secretly possess recovered UFOs and, quote, biological evidence of living or deceased non-human intelligence, end quote. Yikes. According to the legislation, non-human intelligence is defined as any sentient, intelligent, non-human life form, Mm -hmm. regardless of nature or ultimate origin, which may be presumed responsible for UFOs. Hmm. Given the decades-long stigma associated with UFO topic, such studying language is not included in bipartisan congressional legislation on a mere whim, let alone proposed by the Senate's top lawmaker. According to a statement accompanying the legislation, the 2017 disclosure of a previously unknown government UFO analysis program spurred a broad congressional investigation of unidentified anonymous phenomena, UAP, that was a mouthful. Anonymous. <laughs> I think, did I say it right? Not anonymous. Not anonymous. Anomalous. An- anomalous. Like anomalous. Anomalies. Anomaly. Okay. Anomalous. Anomalous. I got it. I thought it was UAP, unidentified aerial phenomena, and then USP, unidentified submersible phenomena. Mm-hmm. Submersible. But I think they've changed it again already. Already? Now it's UAP, Unidentified Anonymous Phenomenon. Oh. The Maybe government's... it was that already, <laughs> and we didn't realize it. The government's new terminology for UFOs. Okay. The ongoing investigation uncovered a vast web of individuals and groups claiming knowledge of secret UAP-related programs and information. Mm. According to... Schumer, the sheer number and variety of UFO-related claims led some in Congress to believe that the U.S. government was concealing important information regarding UAPs over broad periods of time. Mm. Moreover... Like from 1947? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Perhaps. so many. Yeah. 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 Moreover, as noted in the legislation, credible evidence and testimony indicates that federal government... UFO records exist that have not been declassified as required by law. Hmm. So. Interesting. There we go. Um, it's a lot of stuff coming out about that. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest part, the part that really struck me, you know, was the uh, that the led that the introduced extraordinary legislation suggesting that the U.S. government or private contractors may secretly possess recovered UFOs and quote biological evidence of living or deceased non-human intelligence, and that uh -huh. they actually define non-human intelligence as any sentient, intelligent, non-human life form regardless of, uh, of nature or ultimate origin, which may be presumed responsible for UAPs. Yeah, that's a very specific description. Yes. Yeah. So I don't think that's going away anytime soon. No, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. There's a, the can of worms has been opened and I don't know what to what extent or information or disinformation or, or disclosure or. Yeah. It's a can of disclosure. something. It's something. Something is going on. Something is going on. A can of something. Yes. And I would love, <laughs> uh, I would love to have someone uh, uh, that is abreast of this and involved to come on and talk about it for sure. Um, number three and the final one I have for tonight is evidence of Roman era death magic used to speak with this, the deceased found near Jerusalem. Researchers think the morbid practice originated with pagan people who settled in the region after the Romans drove out uh, the Jewish people. Ancient human skulls, oil lamps, and parts of weapons hidden in a cave near Jerusalem are signs the site was used in the Roman era for attempts to speak to the dead, a practice known mm -hmm. as necromancy or death magic, according to a new study. Based on Weird. the styles of the artifacts, the researchers think the morbid rituals were carried out at the T. Amim Cave, about 20 miles west of Jerusalem, between the 2nd and 4th centuries AD. According hmm. to Boaz Zisu, I'm probably butchering that, but I'm trying, an archaeologist at Bar Lan University in Israel, uh, most of the Jewish people who lived in the region had been eradicated or driven away by the, ruling, the ruling Roman Empire after the Jewish rebellion known as Bar Kokuba revolt between AD 132 and 136. The Romans then repopulated the region with people from other parts of their empire, like from Syria, Anatolia, Egypt, and Egypt. Hmm. A new pagan population arrived in what had formerly been Judea, but was now Syria, Palestinia. Uh, they brought with them new ideas, new customs, and apparently the idea of necromancy. Wow. And the story goes on. Uh, you know, they went down into the cave and uh, did archaeological studies there and found all kinds of skulls and things that one would need, I guess, to a lot of the dead. caves and that. <clears throat> Specific region of the world a lot of caves yeah of which people were doing all kinds of things apparently yeah yeah interesting so and um, that was the news yeah that was the news <laughs> okay so I had, had a wide variety of things to talk about which I think is a good segue for our guest who also likes to talk about a wide variety of things after looking through his book list yes. welcome Steve yeah, so we Thank have, you. yeah, so we have Steve uh, Holder on the show tonight. Steve Holder was born and raised in the northeastern corner of the great state of Tennessee. He is also a veteran who served in the 101st Airborne Division of the United States Army. 
He volunteered soon after turning 18 years of age and went through basic training at Fort Knox, Kentucky, and later transferred to Fort Campbell. Steve was uh, uh, ordained as a minister on May 4th, 1997 at Christ Worship Center in Richmond, Virginia, which we can talk about a little bit because we're right down the street from there, uh, Steve, and has a Doctor of Ministry degree from the Spirit of Truth Institute. He is a member in good standing of the Full Gospel of uh, Christ Fellowship. Steve holds a Certificate of Religious Counseling from the World Theological Seminary, and he is an accomplished writer with three works of fiction and seven nonfiction titles to his credit. His most popular book is his autobiography called No One Walks Alone, where he chronicles his issue with depression, anxiety, and addiction. And tonight we will also be talking about his book, uh, The Dark Truth, The Chilling Story of Summer Wells' Disappearance. So welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm glad to be here. Um, so, um, I don't, I, I kind of know where I want to get started. I want to talk about this case, but as I mentioned before, we are, we are right down the street. We are in central Virginia. Mm -hmm. So uh, how long were you in this area? Were you just here for the school or? Yes. Yes. That was it. I did not live there. Um, the spirit of truth Institute is located there in Richmond. And it's not a big school. It's a small school. Most people have not heard of it, but it's been around a while. Okay. So Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah um, hop, okay. skip, and a jump up 95 for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's in our neck of the woods. So I was yeah. um, interested about that. So um, so let's get to what uh, we had talked about originally. I do not know a, a lot about this uh, case of Summer Wells. I looked into it just a little bit, but I don't know really any of the facts or where we're coming from with this. So go ahead and tell us how you got interested in this case. Okay. Now, I, excuse me. I just live about 50 miles from where this happened. So when it first broke out and it started in June 15, 2021, and we heard on the news a story about a little girl who went missing in Hawkins County, Tennessee. It's, outside Rogersville, um, in the Beach Creek area. It's a mountain community, okay? It's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. So we see on the news this story of this beautiful little five-year-old girl named Summer Moon Utah Wells. And she supposedly just vanished. No one knew where she went. And Obviously, that got a lot of attention, especially in the area, and that's what got me started in it. So, you know, for a long time, it was in the news here locally every day. I mean, several times a day, and then it yeah. kind of fizzled out, and we hardly ever hear about it now. But the reason I wrote the book and the reason I'm doing shows like this is to raise awareness about this case because she's still missing and we still don't have answers. Now, according to her parents, she just, she was there and then she wasn't. And they, to this day, claim that someone just came up and took her. Mm -hmm. Now, remember, this is in a little mountain community out in the middle of nowhere. Their house is on 11 acres of land. Wow. It was not like in the city where somebody mm -hmm. was driving by and seen the little girl and said, okay, I'm going to take her. Yeah. You know? There's nobody driving know. by 11 acres usually. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
So that has been what they've been saying happened all along. But there's a lot more to the story. Now, for example, the mother of Summer Wells, Candace Wells, gave a version of the timeline of events that happened that day. Supposedly, she and her mother and Summer went out to, was going first to take Candace's mother, some people just call Grandis because her name is also Candace. But anyway, they took her to the hospital to have something done to her knee. Then Candace and Summer and a friend of the family, 15-year-old boy, they picked up and they went to a swimming hole. Okay? And they stayed for about 15 or 20 minutes or so. And then they went back to pick up Grandis, and then supposedly after a couple of other stops, they came, they came back home. And supposedly, Candace and Summer and Grandis were planting some flowers, and then Summer decides she wants to go back in the house. So Candace tells her to go on back in the house, watched her go inside the house, and her little brother, she has three brothers, and I think they were five, nine, and 11 or something like that at the time. They said that when she got in the house, she went downstairs to play, okay? Now her, her room, her bedroom is actually downstairs in a very dark, dismal basement. It kind of reminds you of a dungeon when you see it. Yikes. Okay? It's a very creepy place. But anyway, supposedly that was where she was last. Now there was a door that goes outside in that room, which she could have went out or somebody could have came in, okay? Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, that's where her story really gets strange. Now, this 15-year-old boy that was with them that day, and I don't want to say his name because he's still a minor. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Anyway, he tells that story of the events a little bit different. When he tells it, Candace, the mother of Summer, bought him, um, what do you call it, one of these um, alcohol energy drinks, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Like a white claw or something like him. that? Yeah. Yeah, and they, I think they've done a little, seems like they smoked a joint or something. I don't know. Anyway, there's a little bit of story in there. That he came into it, which would have been illegal, you know, yes. himself, because he was a minor. Mm -hmm. So he told that story different from Candace, okay, right from the start. Mm -hmm. So that was a really shaky part of the story. So, okay, so I just, I just want to slow down because I want to make sure I have this right. So, so the mother's version of the story is that the little girl is ready to go back inside. She says, go ahead and go back in, and she goes, watches her go in the house. But then there's another boy who's there who's, did you say 15? Yes. Now, they had taken him home before they came back home. Okay. And they say that, and he says that they were possibly smoking some marijuana or or having some drinks before yeah. she goes back in? Right. Okay. At the swimming hole, it sounded like. Okay, at the swimming hole. Mm -hmm. Okay, before all yeah. this happens. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and continue, Steve. I just wanted to make sure I had all the facts in a row there. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Summer disappeared. 
And it was around, I think it was around 5.30, 6 p.m. or something like that. And my mother calls in, you know, 911. And naturally, uh, several sheriff's departments came out, as well as several rescue squads. And there was a massive search of the earth. Not only there 11 acres, but land around there. And this search went on for weeks. You know, every day for weeks, there were hundreds of people involved. There were rescuers and, you know, missing person people from all around the country that came in to join the search. They were drones flying over looking at the land. You know, they've done everything to find this little girl and nothing. Wow. Not a trace. And now, two years later, over two years, still there has been no arrest. They still claim that there is still no person of real interest. I mean, there's some suspects. And the main suspects in this are the mother and father. Mm -hmm. Now, here's why. They both have an extensive criminal record. Uh-huh. Child abuse is in their past, especially the Don Candace, I'm excuse me, Don Wells, the mother of Summer. According to his stepsisters, even when they were children, he sexually molested them. Mm. So there's a history of that in from both sides of the family. Both families have this kind of thing going on in the family tradition okay yeah not only that but they both drank a lot done a lot of drugs and maybe you still do that's questionable some say yes some say no but anyway all of that comes into play so their stories you know and their record isn't exactly believable yeah. you know can you blame people for thinking they're guilty mm -hmm. I, I can't I can't blame them at all. Now, according to Don Wells' stepsisters, they believe that what happened is he owed a big debt for drugs to some really high-up, scary people, mm. and Summer was the way that he paid the debt. Wow. So, like, he mm. just gave her to these drug dealers. Yes, or wow. child or child trafficking, whatever yes. you know. Mm -hmm. And even to this day in interviews, and they both both the parents have done so many YouTube interviewers with a lot of these wannabe detectives on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they were stoned or drunk or doing some kind of silly pranks. And, you know, it's really a bizarre story, and the parents are shady, to say the least. Sounds like so, it. Yeah. So that's why a lot of people think there's a lot more to this story. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now, here's something else that I will throw into it. Candace, the mother of Summer, also had a sister that mysteriously disappeared a few years ago. No way. <laughs> and there's still no trace of her to this day. What? So that's yeah. two. two. That's, yeah. the, that's the real twist in this whole thing. Two mm -hmm. people missing from the same family. 
Yeah. How does that happen? I mean, you Whoa. know, you ever heard of that? I no. Mean, yeah. So have the have the have the the police uh, come out and ever said that they had any kind of suspect or that they were looking into the parents or anything like that? Well, they've investigated and they, um, you know, talked to a lot of people in the past two years and the parents, of course, repeatedly. And the three brothers, Summer's older brothers, have been taken by child services. They're no longer in the home. Okay. Wow. And that says and, something uh, right there, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It says a lot right there. And like I said, they both have criminal records. And not too long after Sarah disappeared, Bond got arrested for driving while intoxicated and had to spend a few months in jail. Mm. And not just for the drinking, but because he had a firearm in his possession. He was a convicted felon and could not legally have a firearm. Okay, so there's this, it just piles on, you know. There's all kinds of things that, like a million red flags in this story. Yeah. So there's a lot of people with a lot of different theories. And, you know, some people say, like, Jeannie and Mary, the stepsisters of Don, say that he sold her for drugs or sold her for child molesters or whatever. And some people say that it's all... Candace, the mother, that she'd done something with her that day and she didn't even really come back home. Some people say she drowned at the swimming hole. I mean, you know, who knows? And that's that's the dark truth right there that we still do not know to this day what happened to Summer Lewis. Yeah. Wow. We do have a question from Hoaxers who said, do you think the 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 evil bad people like the drug dealer type people if they did take her uh would they bring her back after he paid his debt so like is could someone be holding her as ransom yeah like that kind of it sounds like it's a deal for you know like they're child traffickers and she's Uh, being trafficked trafficking that's what like that's what they want it to sound like and that's certainly a possibility yeah yeah i mean they just could have sold her outright yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, you know, and the last thing you talked about, too, I mean, that, that could make a lot of sense is the drowning. And then yeah. they could have been afraid that, oh, I was drunk and, and high and my kid drowned. I'm going to go to jail for child neglect or whatever. So yeah. they, bear, you know, that could be a way that, you know, they panicked and didn't want to report it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's lots of things that could have happened, especially, like you said, out in the, you know, we we you know, we uh, we just moved, Steve. We were living out kind of in the foothills of the Appalachians out in Virginia, and so you know, you get out there, and you know, a lot of people don't know they live in the suburbs and they live in a city. But if you live in a rural area, there's you can do a lot of things, and no one ever knows about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah. And there's also a lot of uh, people with shady past that live in that area that have since been arrested for different things that have, you know, still been every now and then they're thought of as possible suspects, but you know, there's no, they have no proof that any of them were involved in it, but you know, they were, some of them have been into child molesting also. Wow. Okay. So the red flag just keep coming. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. about uh, drowning at the swimming hole, but the, the 15 year old boy was there with him. 
And yeah. he was willing to tell the truth about the drugs and alcohol. So you would think if she did drown at the swimming hole that he would have come out and said something about it. Now, another interesting thing about him, when they took him home, later on, his mother said that he appeared to be traumatized. Oh. And he didn't want to talk. Wow. He didn't want to talk about it. And she thought that was very strange. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, to this day, he was 15 then, he's 17 now. So maybe after he turns 18, he might have a few more stories to tell. I don't know. Wow. Um, but, you know, like I said, I don't want to mention his name because he yeah. is a minor. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's a weird story. Very. It's a very weird story. And a lot of very shady characters. So do you know any of the details about the other person that went missing in the family? Uh, her name was Rose, I think. Uh, Rose Bly, B-L-Y. And she just, she supposedly went somewhere in her car, I believe is how it happened, and said she was going somewhere, but later on they found her car, but not her. Mm. Hasn't been seen since. Wow. Mm. How old was she when she went missing? Do you know? Uh, I don't remember. I think maybe 20s or 30s. I, I don't remember. But anyway, she was an adult. Uh, yeah. Mm. Very strange. Very strange. So, so in your, um, while you were kind of, you know, working and researching and getting this book together, were you able to come across anything specifically or kind of develop an idea for yourself of, uh, uh, of things that maybe people didn't look at too closely and they should have or, or ideas that, that kind of popped in your mind while you were writing this? Well, I tend to go along with the stepsisters of Don. You know? I mean, they know him. They've known him since childhood. They said that he sexually molested them. And, you know, they swore to that. And their theory is that he just sold her into drug dealers or child traffickers to pay for his big drug debt. That's, I believe their story. Okay. That's okay. where I come in on that. I believe that because I don't know if you've ever heard of Chris McDonough. He has a shirt. He used to be a, I think a detective in New York. Uh, he has a show called the interview room and he interviewed him and he interviewed a lot of people about the story. And he, and he's a professional detective in West Virginia years. He says that Donald Wells is, Donald Wells is a master manipulator. Mm -hmm. And that anybody that believes anything he says is mm. And his stepsisters say pretty much the same thing. You can't believe anything he says. And he appears on a lot of uh, YouTube channels. Drunk. Mm -hmm. Stones and really crazy stuff. Wow. Uh, there's a million red flags. How can anybody believe anything they say? And the the idea of someone coming, like someone coming and showing up and taking her away makes more sense when people searched the area and they didn't find any clues mm -hmm. that she went through the woods or she was drug or like somebody took her through the actual land you know there's no there's no evidence of that happening it sounds like 
So someone Ooh. like pulling up in their car and taking her in the car sounds a lot more plausible. It's possible. Mm. That again, we're out in the middle of nowhere, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I just want to kind of uh, kind of catch everybody up here and, and reset. Um, welcome in everyone who's hanging out with this uh, in the live uh, in the live version of this. Uh, the real Mr. Weird hoaxers loose, even though uh, you got your popcorn, you don't uh, and <laughs> being quiet there in the corner. Uh, Amber, uh, welcome Amber. in um, everyone. Now, it sounds like hoaxers had possibly heard of this from a comment. He had made earlier and i'm curious if you have uh, heard of this case uh just say like uh yes or one or something like that in chat because uh you said this happened in 2021 is when she went missing correct yes and see me and jenny about that time made the uh made the decision to not watch the news anymore mm -hmm. <laughs> during the covid so everything had gotten so horrible and it was just like Every night was just like the world is ending. Uh, there was no good news, and it was depressing us, and it was, and it was actually having an effect on our youngest kids. You could yeah. tell that it was like really hurting them, and we were like, you know what? We're gonna have to take a break from the news, and so we we do the weird news. But uh, so I had not heard of this case before, mm -hmm. uh, but it sounds like. Um, if Keisha was here, uh, I know she would have heard of it because it. Yes. she's from Tennessee. Yeah, we have yes. some Tennessee people, and mm -hmm. we have some Tennessee people here. Um, oh yeah, yeah I had not heard of it, but it sounds like heard of it on YouTube. And uh, Britt, uh, and Britt as well. says they have heard of it. Yeah, and uh, I imagine they're in the UK, right? From the name. Yeah. So international. Yeah. yeah. Well, there are people in other countries I have heard of, it, but it's amazing how many people here in the United States, even in Tennessee, in this area, there's a lot of people that still don't know about it. Yeah. So, and that's the main reason I wrote the book, to bring awareness to it, and that's why I'm doing shows like this, because I want everyone to know the story about Summer Wells, who is still missing to this day. Is so, she alive? Is she dead? We don't know. Yeah, where is she? Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, I when when I uh, when I talked to you previously and we had talked about coming on the show, I decided, uh, like I said, I don't want to know the whole story because I wanted to, you know, hear kind of uh, go through the the explanation and kind of learn about it in the interview. Uh, but I did kind of take a peek on YouTube just to see kind of who was talking about it. It does seem like. Um, it does seem like there were quite a few people who had kind of taken up the case on YouTube, like you mentioned before, kind of like some YouTube detectives. Yeah. And it also seemed like there was kind of some uh, drama or kind of debate that was kind of going uh, between the circles, the people who are investigating this. And like, uh, how, how have people been receptive to your book? Uh, have you talked to any of the other people that are, uh, doing any of the, the, the videos or writing about this, and, and how is that going? Uh, yeah, I've done one interview on uh, YouTube about it. As far as the re reviews on Barnes & Noble, it has five stars, uh, and on uh, Amazon, I think it's 3.7 now or something like that. And that's another thing. There are some people, the YouTube 
people that were really, really against the story, the book coming out. Now, most people have been very, received it very warmly, and rightfully so, because all they're trying to do is raise awareness. Mm -hmm. But anyway, some of these YouTubers, who a lot of people call tragedy pimps, Mm -hmm. They do their shows, and they have subscribers, and they put up their cash app, and they put up, you can subscribe, and join my Patreon, you know, and they make money off of this story, and they get angry at anybody else that takes attention off of them. Mm. Yeah, they hate each other. They hate each other. They cuss each other constantly. That's their money. They all, they all want to act like they're the leaders of Summer's Army. I mean, they even call it Summer's Army. Mm. And they all say, well, I'm the only one that really represents Summer. The rest of you people are just tragedy pimps, and you're not credible. But they're all so doing the same thing. People, a few of those people decided to go on Amazon and give me a bad score, bad review. Mm. And they go so far as to say, do not buy. It's full of lies which is not the truth, it is full of documented facts. Mm -hmm. Documented, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, again, on Barnes & Noble, it has a five-star rating, and I encourage people, whether you're a true crime junkie or not, I mean, the reason for this, yes, it's a true crime story, but, again, I'm all about raising awareness about summer weapons. Where is she? Is she alive? Is she dead? If she's been, whatever has happened to her, the truth needs to be found out. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that you have good intentions uh, because mm -hmm. I, I do think there is, I mean, it is important to raise awareness uh, yeah. so that people don't forget that it stays in the mind that there's pressure put on, you know, not that they're not, but, you know, you want to make sure that, that, that law enforcement is continuing to to push and, and, and exploring all the leads they possibly can and that they know that the public is interested in, in finding uh, the answers and justice and all those things. But, you yeah. know, you know, one of the things that I've thought about as we talked about this and I, um, I, is when I was younger, probably one of the cases I remember the most was uh, John Benet Ramsey. Was that the name? Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, once again, another younger girl that went missing and took, you know, just became uh, sensation. You know, sensationalized on on yeah. the news media. And you know, when you're talking about a child, I guess there is a certain amount of um, a certain amount of decorum you want to use. You know, when you're talking about the case of a missing child, and even if the parents are maybe been found even uh, even by authorities to be unfit. You know, you still want to be potentially uh, uh, sensitive to the family and the people who care about her and the people who who were looking for her, you know. But, you know, I guess, I mean, I, you know, I guess that kind of goes back to what you were talking about before on YouTube, you know, whether people are trying to raise awareness about it or whether people are trying to profit on the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and to me, I don't care if a thousand people write books about it. I don't care if a thousand people go on YouTube talking about it. Mm -hmm. You know, and if they make money off of it, I don't even care about that as long as we're raising awareness and mm -hmm. not just using her name as some kind of a buzzword, you know, hashtag. 
you know? Yeah, to get clicks mm -hmm. or whatever. And yeah. there's a million hashtags, Summer Wells, find Summer Wells, hashtag, where is Summer Wells, hashtag, Summer Wells missing. I mean, there's all over the place. And I'm not saying that's bad, but, you know, a lot of them, that's what they're all about. They're just, they were not even interested in YouTube or some of them or true crime or any of that, missing children, until this case came along. And they discovered that a lot of people are extremely passionate about it. And there are. There's a lot of people that live and breathe this case mm -hmm. constantly. And, and you know, I, I'm very sympathetic with these people mm -hmm. because, you know, once you get hold of this story, it's hard to turn it loose. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen pictures of this little girl, she is a beautiful little child, blonde hair, blue eyes. I mean, she was just gorgeous. And now she'll be seven years old, so she could look very different now. Yeah. Uh, in my book, I've got a lot of uh, missing person posters where people have put out well, the past two years pictures of her. Uh, so, again, that's what it's all about, Find, finding out what happened to her. So the police are, are these police still openly investigating this or has yeah. it, it hasn't become it, a cold case yet, has it? It's still considered an open case with uh, Hawkins County Sheriff's Department, TBI and FBI. Good. They're all saying it's not the closed case. That's good. But still, there's been no arrest and yeah. who knows? Who knows? And the more time that goes by, the harder it is. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, the interesting thing, you know, um, without talking too much, um, the police could have a lot of information. <laughs> they, yes. <laughs> the, uh, you know, we've, we've had experiences uh, where police could have a lot of information and they could just be just a hair, yeah. uh, the width of a hair away from, from wanting to make an arrest and the public yeah. has no clue, you know. Exactly. Um, so hopefully, you know, any information, any information that, you know, maybe if there's just one person out there who thought they saw something, but didn't want to say something, it could be something that completely, you know, breaks the case open for, mm -hmm. for the, uh, yeah. for the, for the, for the young girl there. So that's interesting. Um, okay. So if people would like to go check out your book, uh, Steve, where can they, uh, where's the best place for them to go find it? I know you mentioned Barnes and Nobles and Amazon and, and also uh, for your other books, cause you've written quite a bit and you have a lot going on. Where's the best place to check you out online? Amazon is the best place. Also Barnes and Noble and Uxamay and all the big distributors. Uh, so you can find it on either one of those. Like I said, and, if you want to check out my website to learn more about me, it's steveholder2020.com. Uh, but again, this this isn't about me. It's finding some wells. But I have, like I said, written a few books. You know, if you want to find them. Uh, I know, Jeremy, you and I were talking about one I did a while back called Serving Time in Haunted Hills in San Island. Yes, because yeah. I saw the title of it, and I had watched a, a YouTube video with you kind of uh, promoting that book, and it caught my curiosity. So what is, uh -huh. what is that? 
that is it's fiction first of all but it reads like a journal the mm. protagonist is a journal in the insane asylum writing journaling about the story and it's has its comic relief in it but mm. it's also very it's like a thriller also yeah, and there's a lot of weird things to go on at Haunted Hills and saying it's not. And while he's there, he also decides to write a book, a okay. novel himself. So he interjects a chapter of that book into the story here and there. And it's very interesting. It was a fun book to write and a fun book to read. Uh, so if you like funny fiction, you know, like I said, and it reads like a biography. It reads like a journal mm. somebody writing their biography. What was, interesting. what was your kind of inspiration to write something like that? I've always been fascinated with the stories of insane asylums. Why? But, you know, there used to be some really scary things that happened in insane asylums. Absolutely. Now, there's still some scary things happening in mental institutions, but back then, it was totally different. Yeah, it was totally different. Um, They actually tortured a lot of people claiming they were helping them, you know, the lobotomies and bloodletting and shotization. Yeah. 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 So all that kind of comes into play in this Haunted Hills of uh, Haunted Hills Insane Asylum. It's, It's an interesting story. Yeah, so Sounds if you're into uh, scary stories, and we're always we are we're always into scary stories. We have <laughs> our uh, we do our we do our ghost stories night when we get closer to Halloween. We have yeah. people submit yeah. uh, ghost experiences they've had or a scary story they'd like to share. Uh, and we're you know believe it or not, I know it's hot outside, <laughs> and we're still yeah. we're still existing in July. But the spooky times are it's right around almost, the corner. Yeah, it's coming. It'll yeah. be pumpkin spice lattes uh, before we know it. So keep it the in mind. The stores are putting out folks. the Halloween things. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we went into uh, an arts and crafts. Michael's, we went to Michael's yeah. the other night, other day, and they had some cool stuff out. Of it. Jenny was having to drag me away from. Yeah, I tried to some... get him to not buy all of the <laughs> the haunted town stuff. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, anyway, we, so we have that coming around. So, uh, so yeah, definitely go check it out. Well, you, you've written a lot. Is, what was the first thing you wrote and what kind of got you down uh, the path of, of writing? Uh, the first book that I published was called 12 Steps Past Him. Now, it's a combination of thriller paranormal, sci-fi, and recovery. It's about a small fictional town called Hope. It's in Tennessee. And the local AA group is kind of taken over by a demonic dominatrix that comes to town. And she raises a lot of hell, to say the least. (laughs) And she actually is a daughter of Satan. All this plays out, you know, and it's 200 some pages, and it's a lot of drama, and it gets kind of weird, creepy sometimes. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. It's 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 different. 
And like, if you're easily offended, this book is not for you. <laughs> Good to know. You have a disclaimer, people. Yeah. If you're buying yeah. that one, watch out. <laughs> we all, we, yeah, well, you came to the right place for weird, weird and creepy. Because um, that's, that's what we do here. That's what we do on the witching hours. Speaking um, of weird and creepy, mm-hmm. uh, the story I sent you earlier, Jeremy, would you like me to share that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's good for now, This has nothing to do with the Sackville's case, but it happened right in that area, okay? So some people might think this has some plausible something to do with it. Uh, I got this article off of the Facebook group, and I think it's also in the Rogers Field Review or some newspaper. It's a local legend, okay? Located in Rogersville, Tennessee, on the land of ebbing and flowing springs. It's called the Witch's Grave. This is a grave of a local witch from the time of the origins of the town. After she was buried here, the cemetery ran out of room to bury people. So they decided to put more bodies into the site of the grave, her grave. This infuriated the witch. It is said that when anyone would read her headstone, it would summon her angry spirit. And in protest to those who disturbed her grave and their descendants, her angry spirit would come from behind the church located beside her grave and come towards whoever was reading her tombstone, placing a curse upon the head of the person who dares to disturb her spirit again, all the rage from being awoken and the fact her grave is shared with strangers laid upon her corpse gives the reader some really bad juju. Wow. (laughs) Don't don't be messing with the witches. Yeah, so some people may... (laughs) Put that into the story out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, speaking, you know, speaking about witches, especially in the United States, when you talk about witches, the first thing typically people think about is Salem and 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 what happened there. But Appalachia yeah. uh, had its fair share of of uh, what they call mountain witches, and uh, some yeah. people aren't familiar, but there's a lot of things that went up. In those hills. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's interesting. In the hills that people don't know about. Oh, yeah. 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 That's and, the way know, they like it. Yeah. <laughs> and you look at the groups of people and where they settled and, you know, the, you know, like Virginia, where we at is a good, where we're at is a good example of that because you kind of had, uh, you know, the company and the, the people who were um, descendant from, uh, from no, not necessarily nobility, but the people who were connected settled down in the eastern part of the state. But in the western part of the state is where the Scotch Irish and you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people who had a little bit different uh, background and stuff settled, and you had different belief systems, and and so I think you find maybe a little bit more of those kinds of things uh, in the hills the further <laughs> the further you go there until you get to your side over there in Tennessee. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. When you talk about these small mountain communities, when people come there, strangers come there, 
the people around there, you know, they see you going up the road sometimes and they look at your car and they call their neighbors. Do you know this person? Who is it? And if you don't belong there, if you don't live there or be a guest there, you know you're sus- suspect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of things going on in those hills that the law just don't need to know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, moon, there's moonshine. moonshine yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't you be coming around our moonshine still. Yeah. 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 And, um, there's a lot of things that go on in the hills. There is. Yeah. Um, Good and bad. Yeah. 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 So do you have uh do you have an inspiration yet for your for your next undertaking, Steve? Do you have any ideas brewing yet? I do. Now when this Summer Wells case is finally solved, of course there will be room for uh, continuing the story. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. And another thing, these YouTubers that have went on a campaign to discredit me and my book, I may be tempted to write a book about some of them. You yeah. know? <laughs> They're in the pot, in Steve. You're going to be staring the pot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it's possible. Get out this pot stirring stick, Steve, for me stirring the pot. Absolutely. Watch out. So right. um, you've written a lot of fiction and nonfiction. Which do you prefer writing about? Fiction is more fun to write. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one of those writers. See, I don't write the way I was taught to do it in college. I don't put a neat outline out there and go by that outline. I'm one of those seat of your pants writers. Yeah. I start writing a page and whatever happens, happens. And if I like it, I keep it and build on it. If I don't, I'll throw it away and do something else. And to me, the characters just kind of reveal themselves to me. I get to know them as they go. And sometimes it seems like I write something, they say, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't say that. (laughs) And it's interesting just going through the process. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun doing awesome. doing it that way. And I'm not like one it. of these. Yeah, and I'm not one of these dedicated, highly structured, disciplined writers. I don't have a goal to write every day. Sometimes I will go months, months at a time without writing anything, without wanting to write anything. And sometimes I'll have half a dozen books in the works, and which one actually gets finished and when I don't know. Yeah. So it's kind of like when the ins- when the inspiration strikes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got you. That's the way I feel too about I've del- delved in the writing a little bit myself. So yeah, I, I don't think I could just write every day. It has to be when I'm inspired as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, that might be an inspiration. I started writing a, 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 a horror fiction at one point, like a historical fiction at one point and i about I, witches I no yeah. less and uh <laughs> i was really enjoying it and then i got busy and i put it down and but i still have it saved i have a i don't know seven or eight pages that i started on it so maybe one day one uh, but i always have a lot of um respect 
for people like you who can sit down and, and obviously, you know, you've written uh, several books and, you know, even though you said, you know, you you kind of fly by the seat of the pants and you kind of do it as it comes, it's still a lot of, it's still a lot of work and it still takes a lot of dedication to, to finish something like that. It is. It is. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So I noticed when I was looking through all of your different books that they are very much intertwined with your, your own life. Like a lot yeah. of reflecting on things throughout your life. Because yeah. you have a lot of different topics with your books. But then I like agree. looking at your looking at your biography that you sent us or your bio that you sent us, it's like you can see all those little things showing up within those different books. I always say there's a little bit of me in all the you know, yeah. fiction. There's a little bit of me in there. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I, I appreciate that because I too am kind of all over the place. <laughs> I write a lot of different things. I make a lot of different art. I do a lot of different things and, and it's hard. It's like, I don't, I'm not the kind of person that could just spend all of my time just doing like the same thing over and over again. So when I saw your books, I was like, yes, there's another person who's just doing whatever they want to do and writing whatever they want to write about. And who cares? Like, this is what, this is me, you know, this is what I do. So exactly. It made me happy. I'm not the only one. Good. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So just to kind of cover it again, we have linguists who's joined us in here as well. Uh, we have been talking to Steve Holder and we were talking about uh, his book, the dark truth. Uh, the Chilling Story of Summer Wells' Disappearance. Uh, so it uh, seemed like a lot of people were familiar with this case, uh, a young girl who went missing in, in Tennessee in 2021. Uh, and um, we've had quite the conversation tonight about other uh, books that uh, Steve has written. Uh, there is a pin at the top of the chat for those who are uh, watching and listening live. Uh, where you can go and find out um, uh, information on uh, Steve, uh, be able to uh, look at the books that he's authored, and also uh, where you can go purchase them on uh, on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and as well as Books a Million, which happens to be our local, uh, our closest uh, kind of big uh, bookstore. So, uh, if this was interesting, uh, go ahead and um, go check, check that him. out. Uh, Linguist had a question. Was she found? Because Linguist missed uh, the beginning no. of the snow. She has not been found. And the police uh, are still uh, have an open case, but there is no information on the disappearance of Summer Wells. Had anything changed to you from the time that you wrote that book to the time that it was published? Well, I just published it just a few weeks ago. Oh, so okay. Okay. So no, there hasn't been anything changed about it. No. Very recent. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'll keep that on my radar now too. And if um, uh, if anything happens, we'll make sure to talk about that on our news segment for sure. Um, I I have the um, 
I have the little uh, the 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 story that you sent earlier about the witch. I have that image that you sent me. Is it okay if I share that image to our Discord so people yes. can look at that as well? Absolutely. So I'll yes. get that. If you missed the story, there's a, a cool little spooky, story an interesting there witch share. story. Yes, um, from from uh, that same area uh, that we'll share on Discord, so you can check that out later. Um, is there anything else you're working on? Anything else you've been into? Any stories you'd like to share with us, Steve? Well, I can't think of any right off the bat. I do encourage people to read this book. You know, it's something I put my heart and soul into. Uh, a lot of people who follow this case already knew everything in the book, but most people have never heard of it. So it is all news to them. Yes, yes. it was new for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guarantee you it's a good read. So please buy and tell all your friends and all your enemies. <laughs> yeah. All your relatives. Yeah. Share it out there. Hopefully this yeah. little girl gets found one way or the other. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, we'll put the information up there. I'll put a link to all the stuff in Discord as well so people can uh uh can kind of find out about this. And uh if you came in and didn't catch it all, it will be up. I'll have it up this weekend on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and uh, all those places that you listen to your uh, favorite podcasts will be there as well as on our YouTube. So uh, if you aren't following us there, uh, make sure you go to the Witching Hours podcast on YouTube. You can subscribe there and you'll get notified whenever we have a new episode out. And that's the way you get the video version. So if you want to see our uh, my beautiful face, um, uh, you can go to YouTube and you can actually see the video portion of it. Uh, but if you are like me a lot of times and want something to keep you company on a long car ride, I, I actually I'm kind of excited. I I uh, I'm starting at a new workplace uh, in a couple of weeks and I have a little bit of a ride, not a long ride, but, you know, like 30 long minutes enough or so. to listen to something. And where I was working before, I was literally like two blocks away from where I worked. And I used to love listening to podcasts and long form talk radio, uh, believe it or not. I don't know why I'd be interested in that. Um, and so now I'm going to have a little bit more time built in to sit in the car and listen to some stuff, which I, I really always enjoy. So if you're like me and you, um, and you, uh, uh, you know, that's the place you can find us. So I'll be checking out even more of my favorite podcasts as we go along. So make sure you're following us on YouTube. Make sure you, uh, when you listen to us on Spotify or Apple podcast or wherever it is that you're listening to us, if you can leave a review, make sure you leave a review and, and subscribe there too, because that allows us to be seen by more people who are looking for weird and paranormal stuff to talk about. Um, the and and I give everybody that permission that if any of the YouTube trolls uh, show up for this uh, <laughs> podcast on YouTube, that you are welcome to troll them back. Just so you know, <laughs> I give you permission. Well, let's Steve know and he can go. Yeah, I also put out the number one eight hundred TBI find if you have any information on Samuel Wells. One eight hundred. TBI. 1-800-TBI-FIND. 1-800-TBI-FIND. Got yeah. it. 
So if you have any information, and we do have some people from this part of the country, so if you know anything, heard anything, uh-huh. uh, make sure you let somebody know. Yeah. And I do have a new podcast of my own. Um, just be on episode three tomorrow night. Oh, it's nice. called Friday Night Conversations. And oh. it's on Awesome. Oh, nice. So Friday Night Conversations. Well, l- let's talk about that real quick. So what okay. is, yeah. what kind of conversations do you like to have on Friday night? Well, we mostly talk about true crime, but not exclusively. For example, the first show, we I talked to a presidential candidate, Michael Lee Landingham. Okay. He's a very exciting guy. He's run, running for president in 2024. And he has an interesting story about how Donald Trump Tim did. And yeah. That is an interesting story. (laughs) Yeah, and that's still on YouTube also. Uh, My second show, we talked to a private investigator named Angel Brooks about her career and her things she done. And we also talked a little bit about the Summer Wells case. And tomorrow night, which will be my third show, we're talking to Essence Rains. She is a blogger and a rapper and she does podcasting she's a very interesting lady so that would be interesting and i'm going to talk about two different kinds of people i'll be talking to authors and actors and be talking to a professional wrestler here in august Mm. and going to be a lot of different things and that's on live on 9 p.m eastern time friday nights so join in yeah i'll definitely have to check that out Yep, I'm sharing it right now. Uh, because I love interesting conversation. So it sounds like mm-hmm. uh, uh, for those who also like the uh, the conversation that goes on here, that might be another uh, one for you to go check out and hear from a lot of different people and uh, different things about different people, which is what makes this world interesting. Yes. It's what makes this life interesting. So, excellent. Well, it was a pleasure to have you on Steve, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us tonight. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Uh, and don't don't leave yet. We're going to talk to you after okay. we yeah. go okay. off. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, you know, we always do uh, the the false finish on this show because uh, we have the two different versions of it. So uh, for the podcast, we'll go ahead and say, uh, all of you, uh, take care. Thank you for listening, and we will see you all next time.